Hello, and welcome to Cinema Double Takes, a podcast where two movies are paired together in unexpected ways to make some head-turning double features. I'm Ryan. I'm Hunter. And these movies are pretty hypnotic, or <laughs> at least they feature hypnotism. Uh, hypnotic. Very different it's, it's, ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hypnotic, it's hard to tell if you want to describe them that way. Maybe trance. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we are here to talk about office space and trance. Full spoiler warning here, but these movies, I mean, Office Space, I feel like a lot of people You've had a million it. years to see it, <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, you've, you've had a long time to see Office Space. No one's seen Trance, so warning on that one, if you, if you haven't even heard of it, like most people I would argue, then uh, yeah, spoiler warning on that one. Both these movies feature hypnotism, they also both involved theft, yeah. and both end with fire. Yeah. So, <laughs> I was kind of shocked, I was thinking like there'd be like only the brief... There's always there. so much more to these movies than you would imagine, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking like, oh yeah, it's just because they both feature hypnotism, but both involve stealing yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and and have fiery ends. So I <laughs> thought that was kind of kind of funny, but yeah, I think let's let's kick this off with uh, with Office Space, directed by Mike Judge, released in 1999. Plot features basically three guys of course like our, our main hero of the movie is peter but it, there's three dudes who all work in this office they're all miserable and peter one day goes to see a hypnotherapist because he's just miserable and wants to just try to find a way to make himself feel better while he's getting hypnotized the hypnotist dies <laughs> and leaves him in this permanent state of just complete relaxation and he returns to work not giving a single shit Ends up getting a promotion out of it. Yeah. And uh, and then teams up with his, his two buddies to steal, like, pennies on the dollar. Like, just these fractions of pennies from the company. And try to get off with an early retirement scot-free, having stolen, like, a bunch of money over a couple years. Like, that is, like, their whole heist plan, basically. And, and really, it's just a movie about how shitty office environments can be. And watching these guys just navigate through just complete tedium. It's like the most relatable movie of all time, at least if you've been in corporate America. Like, yeah. Mike Judge just has a perfect finger on, like, like on what people deal with. Like, yeah. whether or not you're, it's like, so looking good. at his animated series or this, like... Every fucking joke from the beginning, like the first five minutes. Oh yeah, the traffic. It scene. hits so hard, dude. Like it does. Yeah, like, like right off the bat, it's like, yep, yeah, traffic sucks. <laughs> the, the, even just the depiction of like him racing this old man yeah. who's with a walker, <laughs> who's walking down the road. Yeah, yeah, like him kind of trying to compete with who's going faster. I I love too the the the, the nerdy Michael Bolton who's yep. just blasting his rap, but then the moment a guy's, like, walking by trying to sell flowers off the highway, you just see <laughs> him, like, turn door. down his volume and lock his car door. Like, like, he's acting all tough in his car, and then he sees just a random guy walking by, and he's like, I gotta lock my door. I also loved, like, the the, the very beginning, like, the carry-through of the TPS reports. Like, <laughs> I just love that they come and tell him that he did one TPS report wrong. Yes. He goes, okay, yes, I understand. I forgot. It was just one. I understand. I'll, I'll do it. And then, like, it carries on. <laughs> Every time, yeah, he's uh, we got to talk about those TPS reports. It's like he, he did one. Okay, so I remember I remember that I did that wrong, so I, yes. I won't forget again. Yeah, yeah, and then he, and he mentions that he has eight bosses, yeah. so they all have to stop by. Um, Lumberg is great, his yeah. boss, who just... And I love that it, it carried on through the movie, and, and it shows in an interesting way, because this was Mike Judge's not only first... Uh, it was his first live-action feature. Yeah. Um, his first feature was Beavis and Butthead do America. Incredible. Which is, yeah, a comedy classic. I, I love that movie. Um, but you can tell that he has, like, his roots in animation because he kind of paints these characters in broad strokes. Yeah. Like, there's a quality to this movie that feels like if this were an animated feature, it makes sense. Like, if this were a Mike Judge animated thing, it carries well, and, over. And it was even, even at the beginning, it says that it's, like, from the animated series Milton or something that he had yeah, created. Like yeah, like, based on, like, based a comic strip. And, yeah, yeah, like, the way it carried over from his kind of, his broad stroke of animated character archetypes. But, like, Lumberg through the whole movie is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and we'll, like, we'll go over the story, but, like, the scene where 
his answering machine is just full of voice so messages. So like incredible, Every dude. one of them is, yeah, 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 yeah hi, yeah. <laughs> it just all So good. Yeah, like, like Lumberg is a hilarious just boss figure. Um, but, but yeah, like, it is incredibly relatable. I know that, so for me, I don't work in an office anymore, but even my office experience, like, I, I get it. <laughs> like, I've been there. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I work in an office right now, and it's like, mm-hmm. even just the mundane conversations hit home. Like, mm-hmm. he, he's, like, hitting the nail, like, he's hitting the nail on the hammer every single time. Like, it, it's kind of crazy how much he gets right. Like, the yeah. the line where she's, like, saying, like, that Monday's killer, like, yeah, someone's you got, got a, a case, case of the, the Mondays. Mondays, like, every yeah. single time somebody mentions that in the movie it's so funny yeah he he really did like like you said like he has like just a perfect like finger on the pulse of like yeah. this type of environment where like clearly he's had experience yeah in an office before in his life before he got into like just being an animator creator being in that office setting hearing those like someone as a case of the mondays some of the you know the the typical kind of like, what would just, you do with a million dollars like yeah it's like, yeah. It's like you, you're sitting in an office and you got to do something with your time other than work you know so that yeah. you fill in the, the the bullshit small yeah. talk all of that yeah like it, it works so well and I, I love that the case of the mondays is mentioned again when they go out to eat yeah um like like right away he's like okay yeah we gotta go like someone's got a case <laughs> of the mondays and then he's in there and then the waiter's like sounds like someone has a case of the mondays <laughs> yeah so perfect so like annoying <laughs> in I terms just, of that i i love having a protagonist that literally fucking hates his life like yes and not only hates his life like it, it's it, i've said her relatable so many times but like the way that he talks about wanting to do nothing encapsulates i think a lot of what everybody wants so much it's like I don't really want to work. Nobody <laughs> wants to work. I would love to get paid to sit here at my house and watch TV. Like, yeah. doing nothing sounds great. Like, obviously, it'd be pretty boring to an extent. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> doing nothing sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like, his character is, yeah, you, you completely understand where he's coming from. And even just that he's just trying to get by. Like, like when he gets, like, pushed. Especially, like, Jennifer Aniston's character, too, when she's introduced of, like, her work pressure too is also something that is relatable for anyone who's worked in customer service Mm -hmm. Um, especially like the push of like yeah don't you want to go further and do more yeah I love that he's like 15 flares is the minimum and then she's like okay well I have 15 flares he's like okay yeah but like don't you want to grow yeah it's like (laughs) I just want a paycheck yeah (laughs) like I'm just here to work I don't like love being this server I'm not here to like please people I'm not, I don't even remember the guy's name, whoever the I guy was yeah. that he kept referencing, where he's like, he's got 37 pieces of flair. <laughs> um, yeah, like, it just, it totally connects on that level. I also like, too, just from the start, the way it shows, like, the cubicles and everything, it immediately feels like prison. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, it immediately, like, the way it's, they, they f- like, kind of film over it, where it's like, it feels like prison, and... I think there's been an argument like i think like a lot of office places are even kind of cutting down on the way cubicles are designed because they are smaller than prison cells um and uh, <laughs> you should get a little bit more space yeah yeah that like being in a cubicle is very much like being stuck in a prison cell especially when you think about how much of people's lives they spend in them well and that's that's another thing too is like you, not only is it comp- like a cubicle feel like it's kind of like prison it's like you can't see over you at all so you feel even lower like when somebody walks up to you like you feel like you're like caged Mm -hmm. in yeah like it's claustrophobic yeah i don't know like so i know you mentioned you work in office do you have cubicles yeah we have cubicles yeah i know it's just like the, the way it shows it in this movie just makes it look miserable i know that the funny part too and i have to mention this being someone who now works remotely but I feel like the, the, the same people who are involved in complaining about, like, the, the cubicle life, the office life, are also, like, especially in the time period this came out, are the same people that complained when they had to work from home. Yeah. Or they're, like, the same people are like, I need to go back to an office. Uh-huh. It's so interesting. Like, like, just seeing how that's kind of played out over time of, like, yeah, like, everyone hates working in an office, but suddenly, like, when, like, we were all forced to, like, go remote for a little bit or, or be at home... It was like, I need the office. Yeah, I need to be somewhere. I need yeah. to, yeah. I don't know, it was just kind of an interesting, like, note that I made with that of, 
as the, the time period this came out, like these people are all like, you know, like the ones who are really ingrained in that office culture. Mm-hmm. And like, if they went remote, they probably would all be like, we need to be in our office. Yeah. You kind of lose your mind not being able to do like the habits that you built up forever. Yeah. yeah. Like just that setting. And also so it, like as the movie kind of showed having people around you that also equally hate what they're doing and being able to just sit there yeah. and talk about how much you can't stand it. Is, <laughs> just uh, amplifies, like, community. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Where it's like, they all hate it there, but, like, those guys are all, like, good friends. Good homies just because they talk shit on it so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and their their relationship. So, like, when they all go out to <laughs> to eat, like, when, when Peter's like, all right, I'm already done with this. Uh, like, there, there are some just immediately great lines um, with, like, their discussion about Samir points out the TPS reports again, like, yep. while he's there, and he's like, really, man? And then, uh, the funniest thing was, like, like, can you imagine us, like, being here for, like, the next, like, 30 years, like, being here till we're 50? And Samir's just like, that'd be a great job. <laughs> like, like, that line was so funny to me, where it's just like, imagine being, like, like we're just gonna be stuck here, and, like, even, like, into our 50s. It's like, that'd I, be an excellent job security. I love when, I love when Peter's, like, mentioning that he thinks that his girlfriend's cheating on him and both of them are like, oh, yeah, we could see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, each time that's mentioned, which, that actually leads into a nice segue of uh, Lawrence. Yeah. Who is fucking great. Mm-hmm. I love Lawrence, but, like, because like, from the moment, like, he shows up, he's shouting through the wall because he has paper-thin yep. walls in his apartment. This movie, too, also kind of shows the weird, like, dynamic of that. Like, so Lawrence is, like, kind of a, a construction dude. And then you have, like, the tech guy right next door. And I think that they're, like, basically, like, getting equal pay. Like, the pay is, like... Yeah, they're both living the in the same place, yeah. Yeah, and it just kind of shows the dynamic between those guys. And I loved when we asked Lawrence, has anyone ever, like, told you, like, you know, like, sounds like you have a case of the Mondays? And Lawrence was like, no. <laughs> No. No, never. Like, like, fuck no. Like, he got, like, mad at you him asking the question. He was like, I, like, if someone told me that, you'd get your ass beat. I love when he, I love when he asked me, he was like, so, Lawrence, what would you do if you had a million dollars? He was like, two chicks at the same time. And he was like, that, that's it? He was like, well, yeah. He's like, if I have money. He's like, chicks love money, man. What do you, what's not to get? And he's like, if I have that level of money, they'll probably get with a guy like me. <laughs> he's like yeah i guess you're right <laughs> it was so funny yeah well and just how like deadpan the yeah movie was. he was just like yeah like it's straight up every scene of this movie is funny like that they, yeah. they they don't waste any time i wrote down like every second there's a good joke it, oh yeah it, it would constant. be hard to sit there and write down every single funny thing that happened in this movie yeah well and i think that still comes in from his like animation roots yeah. i think like having roots in animation where it's just like where can he incorporate a visual gag yeah. or, or some sort of interesting thing like like Milton? Milton's so good. He's great. Yeah. Um, like I had no idea because like I was watching. I'm like, like Stephen Root is in this. Yeah, like, that's like that's Milton. And it also comes back to like, has Stephen Root been like sixty for the past like, <laughs> like twenty five years? He's just like grandfathered in at that age. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, it's like. He like doesn't look any older or younger. <laughs> it's like it's like he got to a certain age and they were like, yeah, we're done here. Yeah, like, you're, like he's just gonna always be that age. Because like I saw him, like wow, like yeah, you, like you don't look any older or younger than you were yeah. like, like 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 now as you did then. It's like I've seen him in so many things and didn't even recognize him because just the hairdo he has and his big ass glasses, yep. his ultra magnified eyes, so incredible, are, are great. The red swing line stapler, mm-hmm. uh, stapler is like iconic at this point. Like, grew up with one. My family owned one. I always like thought it was hilarious that we had a red swing line it, stapler. The Office Space is one of those one of those like one of those movies that has so many iconic things that happen. Yes. Like, there's even a scene later on that might be. I, I wrote down in my notes, and I've I have thought this for a while. Might be the most iconic movie scene of all time. <laughs> When they're just like beaten down on the like fax machine or the printer, the, the printer, yeah. Like that scene might be the most over, like overdone it's been thing. That's really parody. They've spoofed that to the moon, bro. Like, yeah, it, yeah, it really is like one of the most iconic like comedic scenes ever put together. Yeah, yeah, and and the amount of like 
kind of low frame rate, like slow mo. Yeah, the like, editing with like <laughs> gangster yeah. rap is there. So like like doing all sorts of things. Like and it just kind of. I think what works so well about those those montages is that it like hits that right thread of that like they are they think what they're doing is really fucking cool. Yeah. Like, like, like that's the great part of it. And that, like, but like there's an element of how it's filmed where it's still kind of emphasizing that it's pretty dorky. Yeah. Like it, like, cause like that slowed down kind of frame rate style. It's like, they think that they're like the coolest, they think they're the coolest motherfucker. motherfuckers. Yeah. And it's like, no, I mean, you're still just like some tech nerds. <laughs> that, like, I mean, the only person there that's like not too nerdy is Peter, but like Peter's, life has changed he's still kind of a loser yeah yeah I mean, he's like like he was a software programmer who was like making code and as he explains his job to jennifer aniston when he goes on that like on the fly date yeah. with her and you know it's around y2k and the whole thing is just that he has to change reports so that the dates are right for upcoming years yeah like that's it he is going in and he is just like changing the date on things like that is his job and it's like, oh, that's that's really lame. <laughs> like, like that. And so yeah, I make I work on code, and the code I do is to just make sure that like the dates uh, like are correct for the year two thousand. That's your entire. It's like job. such a snooze fest of an explanation, yeah. too, dude. Like he's oh, getting and... he's getting all like the the company jargon in there too. Like... Yeah, well, we're jumping around too, but it's yeah. like it's just characters. Like just talk about specific characters because Tom. Yeah, it's so fucking funny. Um, him explaining his job. Yep. To, to the guys <laughs> who are there to, to to the bobs the these uh these guys who are there to just kind of assess who they can fire, and when they're talking to Tom, and he's like, "Well, I sense uh like like reports from engineering to the customers, like I and like and like so like you hand deliver them." And he's like, no, I have my secretary do that. <laughs> and they're like, well, so what do you do? And he's like, I'm he's like, I'm a people person. And they're like, what he's the like, hell the is wrong with the you? The engineers can't talk to the customers. They don't have the people skills that I have. Oh, yeah. so you hand deliver them? Well, okay, not all of them. <laughs> yeah. My secretary. <laughs> so it's like your job is to tell the secretary <laughs> to do your job. Yeah, like it's incredible. I know, it was so funny. That, but like, that's why that like followed up with like Tom walking in there and talking to them. And just like blatantly sitting down and saying, well, for the start of my shift, I show up late and yeah. then I go and sit at my desk for about an hour staring at my computer. And then it's like, I make it look like I'm working, but I'm not. <laughs> After that, I think about doing a little bit of work for a while. And then I take a lunch and then I come back from lunch space and space out, for, space another out hour. for another hour. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just love how like they were just so like this guy gets it. <laughs> like, he's literally saying, I don't work. <laughs> like, I hate my job. And they're like, yeah. This like, is management material right here. That was so funny. Yeah, when they're, like, telling that to Lumberg, he's yeah. just like, oh. Uh. <laughs> like, like, he's not doing anything. It was so good. And he's like, well, he just needs more motivation. I, I love that he's like, he's just like, you know, I have eight different bosses telling me how to do a TPS report. My, my biggest thing is wearing about doing my job correctly just so I don't have to talk to them. Yeah, yeah, like, I just don't want to interact with them. Like, yeah. that's my only motivation. That's my incentive to do it right. Yeah, it's it's so good. Yeah, like, like just his whole description, the fact that they're so, like, enamored by it. Yeah. It's great. I, uh... Their interview with just anything with Michael Bolton. Michael Bolton, dude. That's the funniest gag that you could put into a movie. Just, like, having somebody have a celebrity's name. That's so good. Yeah. Well, and it still fits with, like, that sort of, like, small talk bullshit that you gotta put yep. up with sometimes, where it's like, oh, so are you related to him, or, do you, you know, do you like this because of your name? And it's like, it's, no. It's like with my name, like, Hunter, it's mm -hmm. like, if I tell somebody on the phone, hey, this is Hunter, occasionally, it's not as often as Michael Bolton would be hit with <laughs> yeah. it, but it's like, occasionally someone would be like, oh, so do you hunt? And yeah, it's so like, you kill some good oh, wild th game? Th thanks for hitting the joke. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I've been hearing it since I was 10, so great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, like, it, it's just, it fits with that that usual, like, banter that you gotta put up with. Yep. Yeah, I know. It's 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 so good. Um, his, his relationship with Jennifer Aniston, I, I think, like, kind of works with them just both being in a spot where they're both miserable. Yeah. Um, his way that he asks her on a date... 
where he just shows up and that's where he's like riding on that initial high of like just like i'm not working anymore <laughs> like, like like i'll show up in my office or at my cube to like cut fish open or i know but that's it um but yeah when he just walks in and is like hey like you know you want to get lunch and uh like them both sharing that like mutual like yeah like like i don't want to work ever and he's just like yeah i'm not never i'm not going to like i'm just not going to and then do you want to watch kung fu and like i love kung fu her reaction was (laughs) like so genuine like kung fu like like, (laughs) i love channel 39 (laughs) yeah it was so funny (laughs) i just i love i love him explaining um she's like so if you're not gonna work what are you gonna do Nothing. nothing and then she's like so how are you gonna pay your bills well you know the thing is i don't i don't like, like paying that. bills <laughs> yeah so i'm not gonna do that either. i'm not gonna do that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so good it's like i i agree with every part of it but my brain's like yeah well you know not possible so. <laughs> yeah yeah it's like yeah, he's saying these things it's like yeah like he's like the the every man that we're like rooting for it's like yeah just like fuck the system yeah but he figured out the loophole <laughs> he's just like you just don't do it yeah just don't do it <laughs> i just love how like the the way the movie tries to frame certain things too that are really shitty in a positive way yeah. in, in like really great ways like well so like yeah like they're they're committing like just like just straight up theft and uh and them doing that it's it's like still emphasize like yeah like fuck the system but it's yeah. Like, yeah like what about all the people who are like actually working <laughs> um when they meet steve who was like i used to be addicted to crack and now i'm selling magazines <laughs> and uh even he was like was like well yeah you guys are stealing like i'm i'm actually making a living they try to get him they try to get him to teach them how to launder money because he knows somebody that sold crack and he's like yeah. all right guys i was i was lying okay i'm actually he was like i'm, I'm a software i'm a software engineer like as well <laughs> It was so good. Well, and the way he spoke to and I know, out. dude. Hello, my name's Steve. I was addicted to crack, and now I'm selling magazines. <laughs> <laughs> it's just wide eyed. I know, like, dude. Perfectly still. Yeah, it, it was perfect. But the way it constantly tries to frame things, everything involving Tom's suicide attempt. So good, dude. It's great. Like, like, like that whole like. <laughs> The, the story being told by which also felt like very relatable i know that's yeah. like just the word of the day with this movie where like some random just just douchebag in the office is like you guys hear about tom i <laughs> like, so and like good, his dude. story his narration through dude it. it's so good he's like and then he sees his wife and decides not to do decides it decides he wants to live and backs out of his driveway and gets hit by a drunk driver <laughs> i know like, he just like says it in this way where it's like it's like he's like explaining it like it's the funniest shit ever and then and then and then he gets done with this like fucked up story and then he's like so we're gonna go to his party and celebrate and he's like he's like i'm gonna try to get that girl for a blah 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 and he's like she's gonna see my o face <laughs> yeah yeah like like he just does not give a shit well then also he's like but he got like a seven figure cell settlement so he's hosting a party to yeah. celebrate and so it's like, good like, just, dude it's so dark and then when, when, he, when he sees tom when he was like He's like, listen, he's like, like, Peter, like, I used to feel the same way you did. I used to be <laughs> miserable. I may have even been more sad, but, like, I, I'm here to tell you that good things will come. Just wait. I mean, look at me. And he's, <laughs> he's like, this guy who's covered in, like, in like, like, bandages and casts and, like, neck brace. He was hit by a drunk driver. He was attempting suicide. Not, he's like, I'm the perfect example of how good only things that, will come to you. Not only that, it's like it's like you're gonna you're gonna luck into this scenario that <laughs> I've ran into someday. Like, like the scenario is absurd, and then also like it's horrible. Like, yeah. you know, like it's a thing where it's like your life was so bad <laughs> that you're considering this moment yeah. to be like good things can happen. Yeah. And it's like, oh god, it's it's just like such a bleak. How like, sh- how shit is your life reality. become? Yeah yeah it, it would to take it all the way to the beginning when he's talking to the hypnotherapist and he's like each day is worse than the last <laughs> so each day is the worst day of my life and the hypnotherapist is like so is today the worst day of your life and he's like yeah and he was like damn that's rough <laughs> like, like that was all he had to say he was like he's like oh man oh i believe you man he was like oh that's messed up <laughs> i just i just love like you know there's a reason that this movie 
is still in like the the con like in the mind of so many people like mm-hmm. even people who grew up like you know in their that are in their 20s or 30s now like this movie is still like super relevant yeah. like even though the the office experience has changed slightly and things yeah. are shifting I could go have a conversation just like any of these conversations mm-hmm. in this movie oh, yeah. tomorrow. Like it's, it's Oh yeah, exactly. Well, and even it hits home. Even as someone who who works remotely. Yeah. The amount like the conversations I have, there's plenty of them that still you get you get in a meeting and you're talking to people yeah. and it's the same kind of like yeah, you got a case of the Mondays, you know, it's like that <laughs> that same kind of thing the or like I don't think it's even mentioned in uh, in this movie, but the one I hear all the time, well, it was in the office, and I hear it like even like on like just like even over virtual conversations is living the dream. That's like oh the my go-to gosh, that yeah. People say all the time. That's well, like, P- when I yeah. yeah, when we used to work with each other, I remember like I'd be walking past people and like, "How's your day going?" I'm like, "Oh, you know, I'm living." It's yeah. like. That that's one of those things that you say to a person so they don't hear the sadness in your mm-hmm. voice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like I'm I'm alive. Yeah, <laughs> I'm hey, hey, at least I woke up today, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm I'm here. <laughs> I showed up to work. Yeah, it's it's so good. I Milton and all of his ramblings, so good. His dude. mumblings and him, like you know, like his his concern about needing to have the radio on from like nine to eleven. His like his eccentricities, and from the like first five minutes of the movie, the ending has been like yeah, like, like he immediately hints at that like if he takes He's my stapler, it. I will set the building on fire. Yeah, he says that like he mumbles it under his breath, and you just take it as a joke. And so it's so good. But he, and like, but he does it so many times that like you say like I'll burn the place down. You're like he's gonna fucking do it. Yeah, and then he does. Yeah. <laughs> like I loved well, and, and the whole element too when they reveal that he was fired. Yeah, but he's just been like a glitch in the payroll and receiving checks. So like yeah, he just kept receiving paychecks, so he just kept coming in. And then like well, we fixed the glitch. And like okay, good. So then he's like, but they're like, listen, like we didn't tell him that he's fired. <laughs> like we'll just like wait and like just wait for him to leave. It's like just better not to confront the problem. Yeah, and it's like that's so shitty. And they they keep moving him into like even shittier locations. Yep, you have to move your desk. And he's like, if they move my desk one more time, I'm quitting. <laughs> and then he never does. And then they yeah. move him into like the basement. <laughs> and they're like, Milton, I want you to get the rats. <laughs> And he's like, that's not my that's not my job. He's like, I'm gonna need you to kill all the cockroaches down here. We're having an infestation problem. I know, and he's like, that's not that's not in my role. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. And then that. they shut the lights off on his <laughs> ass and walk away. Yeah, like they're just like trying. He's like, I haven't received a paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, like, why wouldn't you just fucking leave? Yeah. Like just stop showing up, but it keeps going. His cake to person ratio uh-huh. when he was like, like they're like Milton don't be greedy they're like pass <laughs> not, the cake there's, Milton there's not enough cake there's like, the, like the cake to person ratio it's not like, gonna work I'm yeah. not gonna <laughs> <laughs> it's like ends with him still not having cake yeah. like he's such a sad character oh my gosh but then like the way it ends he's like kind of this sociopathic criminal yeah and then like he, he kind of wins in a way but also yeah. it's still kind of sad because even his like beach scene he doesn't get what he wants. He doesn't get what he wants. But then still, though, he's, like, discovered that, like, well, I can just destroy everything. Like, it's like a Joker origin story. Yeah. He's like, you know, like, like oh, I'll shut this resort down. Like, you know, like, I'll burn it to the ground. Yeah. I'll lead an infestation. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah, like, just, just Milton in general. And I love that because he sets the building on fire, the way all of it comes together where all the dominoes fall where like he completely like they, they all get away with like the money they stole basically yeah the the entire like the entire premises of this movie comes in full when like uh peter decides that they're actually going to steal this money mm-hmm. and then like he he asks like so many times to what's the other guy's name um uh the white guy oh michael bolton yeah michael bolton why <laughs> didn't i think of that he keeps asking michael bolton like how how good is this uh, virus you have set up? Yeah. He's like, it's the best. I Trust me, I've worked on it. He's like, yeah. okay, so it'll, you're sure it'll work. And then they do it, and it takes $305,000 <laughs> immediately. immediately. And he's like, I thought you said that you made this work. He had a bad case of the Monday. <laughs> he just messed up the decimal point. That was the, the whole thing was he put the decimal point in the yeah. wrong spot. Because, yeah, like the way they kind of pitched the idea, it's like, yeah, it sounds smart, but then they, they fuck it up so bad. Yeah. Which also leads to, like, 
one of the best jokes in the movie for me, and it's just like such a simple joke. And, and like we said, like there's like every moment in the movie yeah. is a funny joke. But when he slides his confession out under Lumberg's door, and then he like immediately regrets it, and he's trying to reach and get it. And then the following morning, Milton just opens the door. I know, like, dude. Like, like, it's like, oh, God, this guy's so stupid. Like, <laughs> like he didn't think to, like... He didn't even jiggle the door at once. He didn't check to see if the door was, was unlocked. He was, like, trying to, like, get in your pocket. And, <laughs> and then Milton just opens the door. But it's, like, one of those things where it's just, like... If you're not paying attention, you wouldn't even, like, notice the joke. But yeah. it's so good. Yeah, yeah. Like, all of it comes together. His nightmare scene where he finds out that... Aniston slept with Lundberg, and it wasn't even the right Lundberg, yeah. but his nightmare sequence. The editing for that yeah. is so 2000s, dude. It is. It like, yeah, it's like super like uh, like late 90s, early 2000s editing, even with like <laughs> that guy, I wish I could remember his name, he's like, Lundberg fucked her. Like the total frat bro. Yeah, like, yeah. Lundberg totally fucked her. And, like, he yeah. just like keeps saying it yeah. over and over again before like you just have this image of him like shirtless having sex with her and he's stuck on his coffee mug. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, oh yeah, like, a little to the left. And like, those TPS reports. <laughs> <laughs> like, so good. Yeah. No, I... This movie's hilarious. It uh, it holds up pretty well. Like, there's, like, some, like, kind of, like, dated 90s-isms about it. Yeah, to but, a degree. But, like, even then, I can give it some... I can, let it, like, let those slide. Yeah, for sure. Like, in general, though, I, I think it's it's incredibly funny. I think Mike Judge, in general, is just, like, a comedic genius. He, he's always funny. Yeah, King of the Hill might be one of the funniest shows ever made, if I'm being honest with you. King of the Hill's hilarious. I love Beavis and Butthead. I same, dude, like, same. Like, Beavis and Butthead's great. Um, I don't, have you seen Extract? Oh, yeah, I like Extract. Extract's pretty funny, too. That's and that one funny. also, like, feels like kind of like a spiritual sequel to Office Space. Yeah, that's Jason Bateman, right? Yeah. Yeah, I love Jason Bateman, though, yeah, so you Jason can pop Bateman's Jason great. Bateman in it pretty much anything, I'd be happy. Yeah. No, I, I think this movie's hilarious. It uh, it still holds up. It, it's funnier now than even the last time I saw it, because it had been a good handful of years since I last watched it, and just further work experience. Yeah, then. it hits home a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. So, um, I'll, uh, I'll give my rating. I'm going to say it, it's an 8 out of 10 for me. Like that that's that's where I stand with it. I I think it's great. It, it's comedy classic. But, yeah. Yeah, I, I give it an 8 out of 10 as well. I mean, nice. like it, it's it's one of those things that like it doesn't even need nostalgia to boost this movie for mm-hmm. me. It's just a re- it's just one of the funniest relatability movies I've ever watched. Yeah. And you you painted the picture best. It's like he makes such good animated sequences that this movie feels like an animated movie yeah. while being live action because it's like he doesn't waste a single second in this movie without giving you another joke and it's exactly they, it, it's just like animation they don't want you to look away so they keep hitting you with like something every second yeah and, and the characters are kind of painted in these broad strokes where it's like immediately you you know who they are you uh-huh. understand their whole like mo and it's just you just roll with it and so you're just like constantly getting these these mile a minute jokes yeah um yeah it, it's super funny classic for a reason it really is yeah like i don't know i don't have much else to add no i I don't either fantastic i I think that many people have talked about this movie it's 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 pretty good if you haven't seen it at this point like and it's just it's also a fairly chill watch yeah just in general it's a chill vibe of a movie um because of that relatability factor so yeah eight out of ten i think it's time to Talk about not only a completely different yeah, movie. Yeah, very different movie. But, but yeah, one that is uh, got a lot more energy to it. I think that's yeah, a, a lot more complex themes. Yeah, a lot, lot more going on. So yeah, we'll, we'll move on to, to Trance. Yeah, man. All right, and we're going to be talking about Trance now. It was directed by Danny Boyle, which I, I quite like movies that Danny Boyle directs usually. Yeah. Um, this story might be one of the most convoluted things of all time. Uh, I, I mean, like, basically you have James McAvoy's character who um, works at a fine art uh, auction-like place, and it kind of opens up to them discussing how hard um, it is to actually have, like, a, a, a theft of a fine art piece mm-hmm. at this point because of how many layers of protection there are. 
as they're doing this, they're kind of like sequencing in that it's going to be a heist. They're yeah. they're basically Ocean Elevening it at mm-hmm. the beginning. Yep. Um, and then it leads into basically uh, James McAvoy getting hit on the head because he refuses to give up the painting. And then what ensues is you finding out he actually was the reason behind um, the actual bank, like the the museum uh, robbery in the he first in place. Yeah. And he now says he can't remember things and it starts to get a little muddy in the waters. So the mafia members or the, the you know bad His guys goons, in the movie, yeah. Vincent Cassell decides to take him to a therapist. And that's when the real movie actually starts. Yeah, yeah. It's it's taking him to a hypnotherapist so that they can basically unlock, unlock his memory, memory of where the painting went, yeah. what happened to it. And uh, yeah, I love this movie, man. I and listen, I don't hate this movie by any means. Yeah. I see I see some of your like your comparisons to uh, Inception, like I see, yeah, like, the layers of with like the going within and someone's stuff. head and stuff like that. Yeah, there was a lot of this movie that I genuinely liked, but there was parts of this movie that took me out of it. Um, I'll say number one, one of the things I didn't like in some of it, just to get it out of the way, is the movie's filmed really weird in some aspects. Okay. It's like it's not like it's an artistic choice, right? So it's not like I'm like yeah. mad at it, but like. There's some scenes that are like slanted almost mm. for no reason. Like it doesn't do anything thematically for me when I'm okay. watching it that I'm like, why did we do this? Interesting. Yeah. I think this movie looks beautiful. I, I, I think it's insanely stylish. Like, like, yeah, it is stylish. It, it is like, like, yeah, crazy stylized. It's got a thumping soundtrack. I love the soundtrack to this movie. <laughs> I do like the soundtrack. Yeah. Um, there was... If even if this movie would have sucked, there would have been one redeeming quality to it, which is towards the latter half of the movie when you see Rosario Dawson. <laughs> Dude, straight up, I I was telling a friend of mine that we were watching this for the podcast, and he was like, "Have I seen that?" And he's like, "Wait, is that the movie where Rosario Dawson gets naked?" <laughs> he was like, "Is that the full frontal Rosario Dude, Dawson movie?" It's like it's like one of the most egregious full frontal nudity scenes I've ever seen in a movie. Like I had a, I like almost did a spit take when it happened because I was like, it keeps showing all these scenes of like Rosario Dawson like partially nude but mm-hmm. isn't actually showing anything, and then all of a sudden it's just like. Bam! Entire body. What's up? How you like me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the movie like makes it a point. Yeah, it's a, it's a plot element, and it is a plot element, yes. which is the funny part. I mean, so here's the thing. I think that I think that the idea is interesting, but I had I had wrote down that this is what I think this movie is. I think that this movie is like if you mixed Ocean's Eleven, okay, with Fight Club. And then you mix that with the TV show You. Okay. It's like it's like so many different layers that I think work in in part with one another. But there's a middle portion of the movie that kind of like muddies it that I didn't like as much. Interesting. Okay. Because yeah, like what I love about this movie is that it slowly, as you mentioned, the layers. It's slowly peeling back and revealing what it actually is. Um, yeah. Like, like the. The, the twist of the movie by the time it comes around to the end is that James McAvoy is the antagonist of the whole film. Yeah. And, like, Elizabeth, Rosario Dawson's character, really is the movie's protagonist. And, and, and the reveal, too, that she has been the mastermind behind the whole thing from the start, I, I think, is, is a lot of fun. This It's a movie that starts as a heist film and, and it turns into, like, a, a mind-bending, yeah. like, like hypno, hypnosis thriller before kind of unveiling that it's a kind of a pulpy erotic thriller um like that's that's yeah. what it is at the end of the day you got the you element and you got those like like everyone in the cast gets naked <laughs> yeah i th- i think maybe there's maybe there's one reason why i don't like it it's that it's like it's it's so stark in comparison to anything else i've ever watched like it's a unique it, movie. The, the movie itself, I think the reason that it didn't do very well is the idea itself is actually a pretty simple like movie mm-hmm. until you get to the actual reveal of it. And that's where I think it was hard to sell this to people on like, hey, go spend your money to watch this. Because what you think you're getting into at the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. is not what you're signing up for as, at all. 
And so I can't even imagine marketing this movie because by the end of it, it's so fucked that you're like... Here's what I will say, because I know that you like to go into movies blind, especially with the yeah. podcast. This movie has one of the best Red Band trailers I've ever I'll seen. To, I'll have to give it a watch. Uh, because I think it perfectly captures that this movie starts as a heist thriller and then just com- turns into a mindfuck. Um, okay. To a point where like, and I didn't want to suggest it, I didn't want to say anything about that trailer going into this also because there is a... A shot in the trailer that like I would consider a spoiler, spoiler. which is Vincent Casal with his head blown off. Okay. Um, where it's like that shot is like the ending of that trailer mm-hmm. and it's like, what the fuck is this? But like it's like one of those shots that's like it's crazy when it happens in the movie. And no, it's it's literally insane when it happens in the movie. And like yeah. so this is the thing. When I say that I like you say that you love this movie and I see yeah. why you love this movie. I don't hate this movie. Yeah. I think this is yeah. one of the most unique movies I've ever watched. And I can't like the comparison that I did, I had to fucking stretch three mm-hmm. different things to even pull together something. But it's like watching something and thinking that you're watching fucking Ocean's 11. Yeah. And then you get to the end of it and you realize you just watched a movie about a therapist dissecting her fucking abusive relationship. Yeah. And like, like it's, it's so many layers to yeah. it. But what's so good though about this movie is that when you go back and rewatch it, it is so perfectly calculated. Yeah, I see Down what you to said. Like the scene where she sees him for the first time in sitting in the lobby. Yeah. And her reaction, because like it was so funny, because like my wife, we were watching it together, and she was like, because I told her that like that this movie is like like inception but if everyone got naked and it was r-rated and like like, and so she was like okay like like, when's the sex scene gonna happen and she was like oh yeah like she has the hots for him and the actual reaction was more like fuck he's here yeah well i know and i could tell that when when she when he like walks up to her at the beginning of the movie um Mm -hmm. and she says his name like three times and then he doesn't respond and then finally he looks at her i can like the look that she's giving him is a look like I know you. It's not a look of like... It's not a look of like... Well, and like oh. my, my wife thought it was like a look of like immediately had the hots for him. Like that was That's how she viewed it. So, yeah. like, like, so it was kind of that like... So when you review it back and see yeah. like how like... Like her reaction makes sense and how she behaves around him. How you can totally see her manipulating everything from the start. Like when like they're interacting with each other and how she got involved why she wasn't afraid yeah. of what was going on because she knew in a way that at the end of the day Simon was her like pawn through the whole thing that was kind of actually being there to orchestrate yeah. it like, like I thought that was genius there's visual cues too that the movie does that was like when he's like in that scene where they're going to that like museum of lost paintings in his uh-huh. head and he's in that car the girl driving the car is the girl he killed yeah, yep. and, and like the way it showed that I thought was great because um, like she shows up before you even have any idea who she is. I, I think that's smart how it plants those seeds. There's all these layers that the movie is... You can find all these little pieces that hint at where the ending goes. And it works when you get the full context and you know that this is her story. About how she's she's getting him to, to do all this for her. Yeah, it's just such a, it's such a, uni- a unique idea that it's hard to like... On first watch, I can see why it, it would be... Like, the reason why I'm saying it's convoluted is because the main middle portion of the movie itself, yeah. the scenes blend together so much... Yes. ...that you you never really know conceptually if I am in this sequence of, like, this therapy... Like, the hypnotherapy, mm-hmm. or if I am now in reality. So when, I love that. So I, and I think <laughs> that that's like, interesting, because that that, that's where I'm comparing it to Inception. But that mm-hmm. at a point, I'm sitting there watching it like, what the fuck is happening? Like I don't like he just blew this man's head off, blew this other guy's head off, like, mm-hmm. and then it leads into the next scene, and they're now alive again, and it's now a different portion of the like thing, yeah. and then and then you have the the sexual acts and like uh-huh. the love triangle of sorts that's like yeah. inter- intertwining this movie. So I'm like, you know, usually movies are a pretty simple follow. <laughs> Well, like, even if it's a complicated watch for me, I'm like, oh, I know the end. This movie threw a fucking curveball so hard (laughs) that I think my brain was just, like, stunned. You were just spinning. Yeah, I'm like, how the fuck did we get here? I think, like, on on rewatches, too, I think the movie, it all makes sense. Like, I don't think that it's, like, because it, like, 
you can realize like from scene to scene like when someone like when he's being hypnotized in certain moments but but yeah i see what you're saying though because it does like start to get into that point of like i don't know what's real yeah and and it doesn't like it doesn't segue it into that it just basically is like one scene you were you were firmly in Mm -hmm. reality and you were firmly in the movie and then it's like okay now you're not gonna know what the fuck is real and what is in his mind? Yeah, it's your your job as the viewer now to figure it out, which I think is interesting. I want I yeah. want a movie to make me guess, right? Yeah, and on a rewatch, there are like kind of visual cues yeah. that highlight when that happens because like the, that part of the middle where it gets really trippy when his head is yeah. blown off and all that, there is a an indicator that happens that that shows him like meditating on a bed. Ah. that kind of bookends the scenes because he wakes up in that same position after he shoots his head off okay and, and so like it's there but it's just like the the movie because like we've got to talk about the pacing of this movie which is like violently fast so fast it, it is a crazy fast-paced movie it's 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 like an hour and 40 minutes normally these kinds of movies tend to go on yeah. for like two and a half hours and this one's an hour 40 minutes and it's just it's snappy and then like the it, the pacing is so it just rapid. like steamrolls you basically well, and, i mean this movie starts with a bang yeah like, that heist scene right off the bat like, and that's and so that's the thing is like the movie captured me so hard with that heist scene and there's mm-hmm. so many other like portions of the movie with the narration that i genuinely loved but that i think that's my my biggest grief is it's not even that this, this movie's convoluted because by the end everything is wrapped up so it comes neatly together. that there was no actual like complications with the storyline. Yeah, it's just like sometimes I feel like I. It's not that it's a bad thing. It's just the narration style of the movie feels like I'm watching Ocean's Eleven, but then yeah. it, it's not giving me an Ocean's Eleven movie that I'm used to, like an yeah. action pack like crazy heist. It gives me it for fucking ten minutes. And then the rest of the movie is basically like, all right, now we're going to talk about this dude killing a girl in a fucking car because he thought it was his ex-girlfriend <laughs> and his ex-girlfriend actually wiped his fucking brain yeah. and it goes into it. And it's and the, like the, the, the whole montage of yeah. him uncovering his memory is so good. I, I love too. Cause like the movie even does like little reveals of peeling back the layers of that heist. Scene. Yeah. Like, cause like when you kind of like get that reveal of like, well, because it was like, oh, was he, like, what? why didn't, like, why did he, because you, like, it comes across like he had a change of heart when he grabs the taser and he zaps yeah. the guy. Or beforehand, you don't even know he's in on the heist. Yeah. So, like, beforehand, you see it and it's like, oh, he's trying to be a hero. Then the reveal of him doing it because he doesn't want him to op- open the, the, mm-hmm. the bag and see that the painting's missing. Uh, like, there's, like, fun layers of how it just completely dissects every moment that you saw beforehand and what's actually happening and how the movie really does reveal itself to be like a female empowerment revenge yeah film, um which is awesome like, like I, I just i'm a big fan of, of how this movie does things i i want to mention too um this goes back to our conversation in the last episode about the number 23 and how this movie is like the opposite of that movie in terms of that this movie is R-rated, and it is embracing the yeah. hell out of it. Like, this movie is like, yeah, like, yeah, we're going to get sleazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, this movie's like, I'm going to... It gonna, doesn't hold back, yeah. Like, I'm going to have a shit ton of fun with my R-rating. I'm going to be shooting dicks off. <laughs> dude, the dick shooting scene was so funny, dude. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, just watching James McAvoy aim at the dude's chest mm-hmm. and then slowly move the gun down is <laughs> so good. And yeah, funny. yeah. So, like, shooting dicks off, full frontal nudity... Every character's having sex with each other. Yep. <laughs> like, it just... This movie embraces it, and it's kind of interesting to hear kind of how this movie came about, because this came out... This was released in 2013. Danny Boyle orchestrated and put together the opening and closing ceremonies for the London 2012 Olympics. Okay. And this was filmed during that, and this was sort of in his, like, his form of, like, let loose therapy, where it was like, you know, I'm being, like, you know, I'm being very professional and doing all the Olympic stuff... And now I'm going to do some of this just batshit, like, wild... Throw, the, throw everything at it? Yeah, yeah, like, just, like, all the things that I could do to just go crazy and just have, like, a, a, a wild, fun movie. He was like, I'm, I'm doing this as, like, my own kind of side project. It's crazy how good Danny Boyle is at making a heist movie. I love Danny Boyle. Like, I love Danny Boyle, too, like, but his movies are so, like... 
his movies are so specific, right? Like, yeah, yeah, like Train Spotting. I he did yesterday too, right? He did yesterday. He, he directed yesterday. He he directed Slumdog Millionaire. He did yeah, do Slumdog Millionaire. Yeah, which is great. He did 127 Hours, 28 Days Later, um, Sunshine. So he he has like a huge variety, huge of variety films, of what like, he does. Like, yeah, man, and this comes down to that like. Especially after you've seen this movie, he was originally supposed to direct No Time to Die. Oh, and they let he was like sort of let go or he left because of creative creative differences. But like, I would fucking love to see a Daniel that would have been sick because it would have been kind of similar to so these, it'd be like yeah. along lines of something like Trance, where it's like just like yeah. the amount of style and energy that he brings to his films, even something like 127 Hours. There's a lot of energy in that movie, and. And, and like, I would have loved to have seen his take on it, but I get that like they're probably looking for a more slick, clean James yeah. Bond, at least for the Daniel Craig movie. I hope he gets another like attempt at it with like a, a reboot as a they reboot. bring up the the new James Bond because like it'd be so fucking cool. Most of my most of my qualms with this movie don't actually have to do with any sort of the actual directing. Like obviously, I said something about some of the framing of the shots I just found odd, mm-hmm. but it's not like it, it didn't take away from the movie. I just was like. Confused by the choices of yeah. of the of the shots, I was like, "Well, why would they do it like this?" Or what? And maybe if I looked into it more, maybe there was like s- specific so, reasons that they angle some of those shots. Here would be my thought process around why those shots are angled that way. This movie is very much by design. It's very colorful. Yeah. In in the presentation with the, the as you mentioned, like super tilted and slanted shots, this movie is kaleidoscopic. It's literally visually trying yeah, to represent a, a kaleidoscopic perspective on on how everything's just warping around. It's being very hallucinogenic almost with how it, how yeah, it presents its visuals and how trippy it gets. I I love all the colors. It's a very no, yeah, colorful I like the, film. I like the colors of the film. Yeah, because like there and there's some shots in this movie that are just gorgeous, and some of them are like super fleeting and quick. But like I. The shot of Vincent Cassell falling down the garbage yep, chute. I like is that. It's great. Like, just him in that orange tunnel. Mm-hmm. It's a great shot. James McAvoy in the red room with the iPad. Like, there's mm-hmm. just great visuals. Everyone's apartment looks like the most futuristic, modern, yeah, I love, badass apartment I love apartment that ever. they all have, like, video cameras at their fucking TVs for yeah, their like, Everything just seems their doors. so modern and yeah. sleek. Yeah, just, like, the visuals of this and, like... Her apartment is just coated in orange, and, and so mm-hmm. it, it just fits with that. Like, yeah, it's a very kaleidoscopic presentation where it's just these, this, like, adrenaline sugar rush of a movie, yeah. visually speaking. Because um, it, th- th- like, the, the pounding energy, like, every time I watch this movie, because it's been a little while since I'd last seen it, but I've seen it numerous times. And every time I watch it, like, after watching it, I just feel like, amped <laughs> like, I just you feel, gotta do something yeah like i just feel super energized after watching this movie where i think back and i'm like that was just like that was a ride like there, there's not enough movies that like have this level of energy to it yeah that like where it ends and and like like because i know you, you don't like it as much as i do but yeah, even yeah, then, yeah like just that feeling of like the momentum that this movie yeah, has is I so good saying. like yeah i don't think that any of the pacing or anything like that was off in this movie like mm-hmm. I genuinely think that this movie has everything it takes to be, like, like a 10 out of 10. I just think that, like, for me, at least, it, it more comes on, like, viewer choice and, like, what mm-hmm. I'm into. And, like, the yeah. way that they did this entire thing is so interesting, but it's such a weird idea for a movie that it almost doesn't hit the marks that I want it to. It's like, yeah. so we watched, we watched 23 last time. Mm-hmm. And that has one of the worst fucking reveals of all time because mm-hmm. you know the fucking reveal from yeah. the first like twenty seconds of the movie, right? Like, yeah. I, I know that Jim Carrey <laughs> is the guy because who the fuck else is the guy, yeah. right? They also have him literally playing, yeah, the playing guy. the yeah. guy, right? Yeah. But like this movie's reveal is so methodical and like, mm-hmm. I'm going to wait until like basically the very last second for you to finally get it, and like. There are some scenes that you start to like really unravel it, like the the scene where you see Rosario Dawson in the red car and she's filling in for the yeah. the the girl that he killed. There's clues. There's clues that it hints well, along the th- way. There was even something that, like my wife picked up on, which was like the scene where like him and her were going out on a date, and she was like, 
There's something about that waiter. Yeah. It, you know, it's like just those like little things where it's little like hints. that waiter did play a role because like he had this whole jealous breakdown of him just being a, them, a paranoid, yeah. you know. Well, and that's that's why the thing is, it's like it's a good movie and it's like very thought provoking and interesting. It's just like it's weird to present an abuse story in this light to me. That's mm-hmm. I think that's what does it to me is like. I've never thought I would watch a fucking abusive relationship unfold mixed with hypnotherapy and like a bank heist. It's, it's just yeah. like hard for me to see all of those things work in the way that they did. And it, it worked, but it was just weird. It makes it for, it makes a fun rewatch though, yeah. because it becomes this story of this hypnotherapist manipulating yeah. all these guys. Yeah. Who, and like, cause even Vincent Cassell becomes somewhat of an anti-hero by the end of the uh-huh. movie because you know, you view him as a villain, but yeah, he's he's a thug, but like, you know, he's he's not as bad as James McAvoy. Yeah, James McAvoy's beating his girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like James McAvoy, as you just kind of find out, like he's just a complete scumbag. And Vincent Cassell, he's you know, he's he's got his gang and everything, but like, he's just he's just an everyday criminal. Like he's not like some like piece of shit. And, uh, and so, like, he kind of has his own kind of anti-hero arc, but it's 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 fun on a rewatch because the way it's all laid out, you really do view every character differently. A lot, a lot better in lights, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then like Rosario Dawson's performance is awesome. I, I think she's great throughout the movie. No, yeah, I thought her performance is a ten out of ten. Yeah, like, like she's awesome in it, and the way you can see her using these guys through the whole film, I, I think it, it works really well when you understand that reveal and how yeah. it comes together um no it's definitely yeah. a rewatch because this is this is such a weird movie that like yeah. even though like i'm shitting on it to a degree yeah but- I-, I genuinely would watch this movie again and again because it's so weird mm-hmm. that like i don't think anyone will have seen this movie number one yeah yeah and like it's just a weird watch it's a fun movie to show people. yeah like it's a really fun movie to show people because like you said there's not really anything else quite like it yeah like because like, of just the way it's presented how it starts as one thing and slowly morphs into something completely yeah. different by the end like the directorial style even changes like yeah. it's like danny boyle does like total oceans 11 like steals like 100 percent how they would do that and then he transitions transitions into like more artsy or more like seven or memento or something like that yeah you know? yeah like, we'll get gritty in yeah. scenes and then have more yeah like vibrant almost like dreamy light yeah fluffy scenes and man i i still just gotta mention i fucking love the soundtrack Damn, it was <laughs> the soundtrack so to this movie is so good and just keeps that momentum going i like the presentation of the like the the thugs and stuff like that being mm-hmm. in the dream sequences kind of yeah. similar to like inception yeah i thought that was pretty how cool. they show up because it is like kind of letting you know in some of those cues of like oh yeah like we're in his head right now yeah like the the scene with nate was his name of like him getting buried alive and then later like yeah. when he's driving down and in the field in this bright sunny field there he is like on the chair like just having so a good. meltdown great visuals there i also yeah. like the um I like the iPad like rundown scene where he's like yeah. opening the iPad and then watching the video unfold of like what actually happened. Mm-hmm. Like that's just a good sequence in general. Him walking into the room full of the paintings and seeing every stolen painting on the wall. Yeah, well, and, and that's like kind of ties back in with that Inception comparison of yeah. like the layers of his mind that he's mm-hmm. going into, where it's like there's one level and then the other level is the iPad, and so yeah. like he's using this kind of visual thing inside his own brain already to like unlock an extra piece of his memory and and, and seeing how they do those scenes is so good um the the deep reveal on rosario dawson's nudity scene where it's like yeah like that was that was one of those scenes that had me laughing because mm -hmm. she's like she's like i know how you like it i'll be right back and then she like walks away goes Mm -hmm. and basically shaves her entire body yeah yeah you hear the the clippers yeah and then she comes back out and this like full nude scene Mm -hmm. everything's out and it's completely shaved yeah yeah that that's like it's like the one element of this movie that I think is is pretty silly. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> like, pretty hilarious. Like, like, like I think that like yeah that like a key plot point is pubic hair. Yeah, <laughs> like, like pubic hair. Yeah, grooming. he doesn't like pubic hair because he he imagines these women's like women like they are in like the paintings and he wants them to be bare. Yeah, yeah. Which, like 
it's just like I mean I'm not gonna turn down a Rosario Dawson nudity scene but it's just kind of like interesting yeah yeah it's, it's like the one element of the movie where i'm like all right like, yeah, like whatever like take, take me off guard i figured it was just gonna be like giving me like the the false nudity scenes that i had already seen before which no. are fine like i don't care like i'm not i'm not i'm not watching this to like watch porn but like yeah, yeah, it yeah. straight up hit me so hard that i was like damn what the fuck <laughs> yeah yeah the movie goes for it and like I, I can appreciate that at least the use of that scene is it plays into the plot. It is a plot point. It's like, not like just there to be there. It, it doesn't feel directly gratuitous yeah. because it ties in with a plot point, and he is an artsy guy. Like yeah. you, you get that element, but it still is like just kind of like I think like a, a, a bit of a goofy thing to me that like that yeah that a huge part of the twist in the reveals in, in, yeah. in, in the plot is a person's preference on like personal grooming so funny though yeah yeah so like that's funny. like like one thing that i think is like just like a little like it it's it it's not like a huge complaint but it is just kind of like it's the the one part where I'm like that's that's pretty silly yeah like everything else like i'm like on board with it that was like <laughs> all right <laughs> like, like, like if you want <laughs> yeah yeah it uh yeah, I was I'm I was so happy to talk to you about that scene specifically yeah. just cuz like I I was shocked. A great song that plays during that scene too. <laughs> that song is great. Like every time like that song kicks on, I'm like, "Damn, that's a good Moby also, song." Also, that was that was that was one thing too is like the the chemistry between uh Vincent Cassell and Rosario Dawson, mm-hmm. killer on scene, like killer. Like their yeah. presence was killer. But then when it's when it's the comparison of Rosario Dawson and mm-hmm. James McAvoy, yeah, like them in scenes together, I I know that the movie is like obviously they were together at one point and yeah. now they're not, but like their chemistry when they were kissing at that scene mm-hmm. felt so forced and like uncomfortable to me compared to like the Vincent the Vincent Cassell scene because that was played before. Yeah, Vincent Cassell is genuine. Yeah, like, like that's the thing yeah. that works is that like it, it wasn't a mistake. No, that's part. what I'm like, saying. Yeah, like, like it, like it, it plays fun. into it. Yeah, like you can feel that like it's awkward and that like she's even from the start it's mentioned that she's doing this as a, a as a way to further unlock yeah. his memory because he's obsessed with her so he has she has to basically give herself to him yeah she's like basically pulling away when james mcavoy is like kissing her and you're like what the fuck is happening right now like i don't know what's going on yeah yeah so like it it, it It all comes together really well and yet it it reveals itself to be this like female empowerment revenge erotic thriller that i think is really a, a ton of fun where yeah you're following these guys and the first watch you're, you're thinking it's a heist film yeah. you're thinking it's sort of inception-esque even with the the a heist in his brain that like unlocking like his memories and as it unfolds and you realize that yeah james mcavoy is a piece of shit yeah we're watching a different movie completely like yeah yeah so i'm a big fan um curious what your rating is what's your rating on this i'm giving it a seven out of ten i feel like on an on another watch that could go up like honestly but like this this movie even though i'm not ranking it like as high as some of the others like Mm -hmm. there's so much about it that makes me want to buy the movie just to watch it again yeah um i'm I'm gonna show this to people and i would recommend this movie like we spoiled the fuck out of it (laughs) obviously if, if you haven't seen it go watch it but like it's it's like criminally underseen. It, it's like so no weird. It. Well, I never even heard of the movie, so yeah. that's that's why I was like, huh, how did the James McAvoy and Rosario Dawson movie slip through the cracks? Yeah, yeah well, and it's in Danny Boyle. Like, like yeah. I don't know, it's really interesting, but I don't know. Danny Boyle has a couple of those because I know like Sunshine is also a movie that I think is very underseen. I don't know if you've seen Sunshine. No, I don't think I've seen Sunshine. Because Sunshine is like one of my favorite sci-fi films ever, and interesting. It, it's uh, it's a movie that like. I found out too because like it I don't think it was as big in the US to begin with but like when it played in the UK I heard that it came out like on like the hottest day of the year and so like they kind of said that like like I've heard like people say sunshine killed sunshine like it was a box office bomb because like it was too nice outside like no one really no one nobody wanted to go go see it because it was a day to spend outside um yeah that movie's great I, I love Danny Boyle and uh Nine out of ten. Nine out yeah, of ten. I can see me. that. Like, like I, I'm, I'm a big fan of this movie. I love showing it to people because it is, it's different. Yeah, it's out there. 
No one has heard of it. I don't know. Like for me, like I, I found I, like the trailer came out. Like I caught this movie when it came out, but like no one had heard of it. Like, cause I remember like trance red band trailer and this was back when YouTube was a little more of the wild, wild west. And like just the thumbnail was Vincent Cassell's like, just completely <laughs> yeah. like, like half Blown missing head. head. I'm like, well, what is this? Yeah. And I watched the trailer. I'm like, that looks awesome. And of course, didn't come to my theater. I had to just sit and wait for like the the Blu-ray release. And uh, I'm like, this movie's so fucking cool. <laughs> like, I just really love the the aesthetics of it, the the pacing. I think the way it reveals what its story actually is, just total blast. Yeah, unlike anything else, man. Yeah, and like you said, like maybe it'll go up on a rewatch, maybe not. But either way, it's like it's one that's worth showing to people. Yeah, like because it is just it's a unique experience, and it's not even like it, it's not even like I, last week I said twenty three is kind of like number twenty three is like a fun watch to make fun of. Yeah, this one's a fun watch because. The facial reactions that you'll get out of other people seeing the some crazy reveals and it's stuff. Like, yeah, it's so it's so nuts. This movie has so many twists. Yeah, like the amount of times it's constantly like surprise. This is yeah. why this happened. Or surprise this, and it just continues to do that through the whole film, like till like the very end. I wanted to text you so bad after <laughs> I saw it because it was so weird. Like I was like, "Fuck, man, why can't yeah. I just talk about this movie right now?" <laughs> yeah, love trance. Solid nine out of ten for me, but. Yeah, with that, I am ready to hear your recommendation for the next episode. Okay, so um, I was trying to think of like you know, let's do something, let's do something like you know, straight to the theme of the show. You know, like to actually do two movies back to back that are similar to one another or something like that. Okay, but I wanted to do something more Oscar based because okay. we're close to the Oscars. Yeah. Right on. So. I'm making us watch two Oscar nominations that have two same uh, nominations for two different categories. Interesting. Okay. So first one is Drive My Car. Okay. I, you're gonna have to watch a very long movie. But yeah, I, yeah, I know it's three hours. It's on HBO Max. Yep. I did see that. Like, yeah, it's been so on my watch list. At least it's so. free. So yeah. 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 Awesome. But, no, I'll take an excuse to watch it. <laughs> and the worst person in the world. Oh, awesome. Yeah. No, because I heard that movie's like fantastic yeah. as well. So. So yeah. kind of just giving myself a reason to watch these movies, but it's basically uh, one, uh, both of them. Let's see here. Have both the best international feature. Yeah, best international. Um, and then I think both both of them maybe are up for Drive original my, screenplay. Probably. I know the Drive or, My Car is the, is the only one that's nominated for best picture, which I feel like makes it an automatic yeah. giveaway that it's going to get the best international yeah. feature. But like I've, I've heard amazing things about Worst Person Same. in the World, so I'm excited to watch both of these. Yeah, I, I just needed to give myself an actual reason to sit down for three hours and watch it. And, yeah. like, what better reason than the podcast? Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, because I, I know, like, I was, like, looking at them on, like, like like at least drive my car. Do you know, is, is Worst Person in the World on HBO Max, too, or is that I one that we got to rent? I don't but maybe. I mean, I know that yeah. international films kind of get thrown on there pretty easily, so. Yeah, well, I know that either way it was, like, drive my car. I'm like, I want to see it because I've heard it's great, but also it's three hours and... Yeah. I know I'm also going to have to watch my podcast movies. Yeah. <laughs> so having them as the podcast movies is fantastic. So, um, And I, I think the the Oscars are on the 27th, so we won't get to know what won. So I, I think in the next episode we should kind of go through what we think will get the, the, the win on them. Yeah, I think we can discuss which one we think deserves it versus yeah. what we think will win. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah especially because you said that international and international screenplay? i think for sure international but okay. maybe maybe drive my car was adapted and maybe the okay other one was original screenplay so interesting at least one of them is up for the same thing so nice well awesome i'm excited to watch both of these i've heard they're both fantastic yeah so should be two great movies so right on well if you don't want to be spoiled for drive my car and worst person in the world they're both oscar nominees they're both recent films so make sure to check them out before the next episode and we will see you then. Bye. Bye.